Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I've had a lot of questions lately about whether my creative superpower is waning with my age. And so today, come and process with us live as we talk about what it means to go deeper into gold. Yeah, this conversation was totally your idea, Lisa Joe, and yet it turned out to exactly explain a really wonderful thing that happened to me this week. So thank you for that. And it's time to get comfy, friends. Here we go. Christy, I know it's a big month for you, January. You're coming up on a book deadline. And it's this is kind of a milestone for us. I don't know if you realize this, because in our two decades of friendship, this will be the first time where you are on the side of somebody who is writing a book that you have a deadline on. And I am an acquisitions editor during the same period of time who is now working with authors and very aware of what their deadlines are like from the other side. I don't know. It just kind of feels like a Freaky Friday moment a little bit. <laughs> You're not to be clear. Christy's not turning her manuscript into me. I wish I were that lucky. <laughs> but I've been thinking about it a little bit. I think about you differently now. Like, I know you have this deadline, and I know what that feels like from an author's side. And now I just sort of have this weirdly new, unique vantage point from the publishing side. So I guess I've been thinking about you, but with more layers, maybe, mm-hmm. than normal. That's true. You're sitting on the other side of the table in a little way, I think. And not just because we're sitting sort of virtually across the table to have this conversation, (laughs) but like professionally, you're on the other side of the table. That is very interesting. I've always appreciated that about you, Lisa Joe, that you've had a few different roles and jobs in this field over the years since I've known you. And so you, I feel like, have always brought a, a kind of wider perspective to this work that we both do. And yeah, I've always really valued that. But yeah, you've definitely added a whole new It's not just a line on your resume, but just a whole new perspective to this work of creating books. Yes. And I've wondered and wanted to have this conversation with you, and now we'll just have it live. I've been (laughs) thinking a lot recently about creativity, especially because part of the vantage point of this job is this really unique opportunity to get a beautiful cross-section of new voices and new writers who have proposals showing up in my inbox. And I never get tired of it. So I've only been in this job for six months, but I love it. I am always endlessly curious to discover new voices, new ways of seeing the world, new stories. But the thing that has really struck me is the new kinds of creativity that you see out there from this generation that's grown up where you and I really grew up with writing as our primary medium. But now there's a generation where really not just even photo, but video is their primary medium that you see on social media as they're communicating to the wider world. We we wrote blogs and they write captions on Instagram reels or photographs. And It is interesting to me because some days, as much as I am inspired by what I see, it causes in me a sense of fatigue, not about what they are doing, but in recognizing I don't have it in me to do that. Mm. And I wondered, (laughs) have I officially come to that age in my life now where it is harder to learn new things and it's easier (laughs) to just stick with the things I already know? And does that mean 
like, what does that mean for me? And I guess I've been thinking about you as you are turning in a book. You and I continue to write. How has your writing changed now that you're in the second half of your life? Like, this is a bit of what I want to unpack. And part of it is because I have some younger authors who've just had kids for the first time. And I was surprised to discover almost like a scratch. I wouldn't describe it as jealousy. I would say like a longing almost because I remember while my you know years of being a mom to very young kids, like newborns and young kids, were an exhausting blur of sleeplessness and working full-timeness and getting up at four in the morning to write my books because it was the only time I had. But I remember that season as being almost the most creative time in my life. I It was insane. Like, I'd get up at four, I'd write, I worked a full day in D.C., I'd come home at night, nurse babies, put them to bed, and I kid you not, Chrissy, sit on my laptop and try to teach myself very basic coding so I could design, <laughs> like, a header for my blog because I was so filled with things I wanted to write. And I don't feel that anymore. Like when I open up Instagram or Facebook, I find the well is quite dry. I don't have a (laughs) lot to say. And I don't know if it's because the format feels different or if I am just an old lady now who is basically like sitting in her rocker on the porch watching the kids go by on scooters, like while sipping gin and tonic. Like, is that what has happened? (laughs) Can you relate? I'm very curious what it means. I've thought about it for months now. What does this mean about my own creativity? Has it stagnated or has it mm. something else mm. happened to it? Please tell me it's the latter. Mm. These are really interesting questions. I feel like there's two. And I also just want to remind our listeners, like we we do not rehearse this. No. I didn't really like, <laughs> I didn't really you you had sort of told me beforehand what you wanted to talk about, but I may not have even really understood. Anyway, this this is very interesting and I Anyhow, not rehearsed. I'm just throwing this out there. But two things occurred to me as you were sharing that maybe we need to go back and forth on. Um, The one is maybe we, as we get older, are just more discerning. And, And I don't mean discerning like you are wasting your time before, but we're more careful and yeah, just more careful, of, like knowing that our energy is finite, maybe we become a little more careful about what we pour it into. We sort of, I feel like maybe I um, am not as willing to just sort of throw myself into a dozen things um, the way I might have done when I was younger and feeling a little more energetic. Um, and the other thing maybe we talk about is contentment. And I don't mean contentment like a moral virtue, like, although I guess it can be, but really what I mean is just one, I think, great thing (laughs) that Mm -hmm. does happen as we grow and as we age, while some wheels start to fall off the wagon, so to speak, (laughs) some things feel like not, they're not going so well, maybe physically, (laughs) But just in terms of of life, I find I'm just more often very grateful and content with where I am. Whereas in my younger years, it wasn't that I was lacking that in a moral sense. It was that I was becoming, I was emerging. I was a baby in life, Mm. right? I was even a baby mom, you know, in those early years. And so I was, life felt like it was much more about longing and about trying to cast vision for a life and a future. And it was much more about seeking and searching and, you know, just all that, 
that can feel kind of angsty, right? But it's a beautiful thing. Um, I don't feel that way as often because I'm more settled. Um, I, you know, let's just even say it like on a super practical level, when you're younger, maybe, and you want to become a parent, maybe you're, you know, newly married, you might like imagine your future children or what will you call them? Well, Lisa Joe, we don't imagine our future children any longer, do we? Like they are in our space. They are stealing our charging cords. They are making (laughs) messes in the sink. They are beautiful. We are having fantastic conversations with them. Like life is so full. And I just feel a contentment in that. Not every moment of every day, of course, (laughs) especially when the charge cord goes missing. But generally, like just a settledness that is more peaceful and maybe the question is, is that, does that mean I'm less less creative or is something else going on? Okay, I threw out a ton of stuff. Does any of that right? like that's, feel? <laughs> I guess that's what I want to know. Does it mean the settledness, does it mean I'm less creative? That's such a great question because I think you have perfectly described where I am now too. I feel a deep sense of gratitude for the kids I have, for the work I do, for the place I live. I, it, this doesn't mean, of course, that there isn't sorrow and struggle. Those things exist also. But I, what I don't feel is an urgency to become anymore. I think you're right. Yeah. That's what it is. I don't feel like I'm trying to hatch out of the egg. I'm not like trying to break right. through the shell and like force my voice into the world. And for years, I felt that way and not... And force is a strong word, but it, but more it was like being pulled, like a compulsion mm-hmm. towards something like, oh, I have all these things I want to say and write and lead and accomplish. And <laughs> it surprises me to discover in myself, especially if I see some of my peers, but particularly the next generation coming into their own senses of longing and calling and being pulled and watching just how passionate they are and how much time and energy they put into these things, into many things, many facets of things. And I think it's because the space I live in, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Like people who are multifaceted and doing lots of kinds of business. And when I watch that, I just feel tired. Mm. I The other day was thinking about doing a little reminder post on Instagram, like who I am and what I do here. And I've seen people put together a really pretty reel that has like video clips and photos compiled from like decades, you know, to sort of explain who they are and what they do, whether it's design or decor or writing or parenting advice or a pastor or whatever. And I watch those and I think, oh, that's so great. Like, I love that. I should do that. And I sat down to do it and felt exhaustion enter my (laughs) bones at the thought of trying. It was the finding, like, how am I going to go find something from 10 years ago? And I just don't have it in me. And then I just thought, but I... I write like that's what I do like I am a writer and so I just used a still photograph and I wrote words because I felt tired and so I it's that that feeling of tired in that moment that makes me ask the question does that mean I am past my most creative seasons in my life I mean so a recent experience I have talked about in the podcast before um just anecdotally for me um, I, makes me want to insist that it that we were we are always creative. We will be until the day we die because we're made in the image of a creator. And so I've shared this before that I've been so grateful with these recent books I've been working on. Um, the first one that 
came out as Garden Maker, and the next one coming out in April is A Home in Bloom. And for these books, I was invited to take the photographs from my garden. And I've shared before on the podcast that I was terrified to do that because I didn't I, I did not know how to do that. And I had to learn this new skill, um, taking real photos and editing them and so on. And I've shared what a gift that has been um, to have this opportunity to learn a whole new creative uh, skill and how much it has felt like play. And um, yeah, I just continue to be so grateful. And I know that I had told myself beforehand, I'm too old <laughs> to learn this. I'm not a photographer. I'll just stick with my iPhone. Like, I can't do this. Um, but if this opportunity hadn't been right there at my doorstep, um, I, I, I would have never pursued it on my own. I wouldn't have just said, hey, let me take a weekend class in photography. I just wouldn't have done it because I had this assumption, hey, I'm... I'm in my 40s. I do what I do. I don't add new things at this point. And that apparently I was wrong. Apparently I could and I did and I'm glad. So I don't, so I, I feel this caution to like box off possibility um, in that way. And yet I also look back at my, especially early motherhood years, um, where I was doing all kinds of weird creative stuff like crochet and embroidery and <laughs> more baking and cooking and throwing dinner parties and um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, sewing occasionally. I was never very good at that. We, yeah, no, <laughs> but I tried <laughs> making baby blankets and um, homemade gifts for friends and all kinds of stuff. Um, but I think I was just looking for ways to cultivate beauty and just sort of trying everything. And maybe that's the difference. Maybe um, maybe it isn't that we ever stop trying new things, but but maybe we try things now one at a time. Maybe we, you know, maybe we don't. Um, it's not quite as overboard in the way that it was when we were younger. Um, and so maybe it's not on or off, black or white. Maybe it's a bit more of a spectrum of change. And, you know, it may also be just limits that come with busier professional lives and, you know, teenagers in the house and um, just an awareness of our capacity and, you know, how much time we have to give to to new things. Um, but I just, yeah, I want to like, you know, I, we can keep talking about it. We, I, I feel like there's more to plumb here, but... I'm just really skeptical of this idea that we grow less creative as we grow older. Right. Like I instinctually feel that can't be true either. Right, right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I wonder, I've thought about it a little bit in terms of when I was in middle school and high school, I loved to act in the school plays and the school musical. And I think that fed a lot into my enjoyment of like, blogging and even public speaking, like even as a speaker, I think it wasn't so much I felt like I had something to teach, but I enjoyed the sort of the art form of public communication, of making people laugh and figuring out the right stories to tell and how to connect with them. And um, there's a degree to which when you are good at that, you're sort of chame you know, a chameleon-like into a character, into the moment, into the audience. And I've wondered if as I've gotten older, and more and more, I understand, like, the character of Lisa Joe, like, who I am. And the more comfortable I become in who I am, the less interested I am 
in stepping into other versions of me. So whether that's like on reels, which feels more like performative for me because it isn't my natural first space, or even speaking these days feels less and less like who I am now. And I've wondered about that, like in the same way that actors are trying to step into other characters, I've often wondered as actors become older and like us, more settled in who they actually are, does it become harder to take on these personas? Because for me, it does feel more like when you are first having kids, the whole world is open to you. You don't know what they'll be like. You don't know their personalities. You don't even know their names to begin with. But so it's like a wide, broad road. But as you start to make choices, and this part of it can feel hard and depressing, it eliminates certain options, right? Like when you choose to live in America and not South Africa, like it changes, it eliminates what my kids' future options will be like, or um, the kind of jobs we say yes to, or the books we write, the path and the road becomes narrower. And at times I've thought of that as a bad thing or a limiting thing. But what I'm trying to think of it as is maybe not narrower, just stretching out, you know, infinity ahead of me, but deeper. Like it's like a v- going into a deeper vein of gold that you've discovered to use a South African gold mining analogy. You're not just now, you know, digging through miles of earth. You've discovered a vein of gold and you're just going narrower and narrower into that, like into that specific calling. And so when I think even about my job now, in many ways, it's the cohesive, coalescing of all of these disparate paths I've taken to now do this one path of work that goes deeper and deeper into words and into people and into stories. And in that sense, weirdly, my creativity has felt like I keep describing my job as play. Like it feels like fun because it feels so creative, but in a very narrow stricture And that causes me to doubt. And sometimes just saying it like this helps me maybe learn the thing I've been needing to discover that, no, I'm not limited. My creativity hasn't stopped. It's just become very, very defined, very specific. And and maybe that is a sign of growing up. (laughs) Maybe that is actually a sign of arriving. Yeah. I'm also thinking, again, because we both have teenagers in the home, and so we're in very close contact every day with people who are quite young in their becoming and are actively, as they think about graduating or or what comes after high school, like actively trying to figure out who am I? What am I made to do? What do I like? Am I like this person or that? And, um, and I've been aware lately too, as I talk with especially my, my teenage sons who are still in the home, um, that how how, what is, I don't know what the word is, enmeshed or how connected teenagers are as they try to figure out who they are. So they don't, they don't figure themselves out apart from their social, you know, circles and their friendship circles and their communities. And um, so as much as I might talk to my sons about not caring what other people think of them or, you know, high school cliques or popularity rankings, at the same time, we acknowledge with them like this is your your world and and the social aspect is helping you figure out who you are and that is something lisa joe i think you and i 
I mean, I'd be curious to hear what you say, but I think we would both testify to this. As you get older, like that matters less and less and less. And it is such a great feeling to arrive at that age where you realize, oh, I, I don't need to impress anyone. <laughs> I, don't <care. laughs> I, I don't care what, the, you know, and, you know, we feel that, you know, to a greater and lesser extent every day. And of course, even at my age, I might meet someone new and feel like, oh, I do want to impress this person. Like, it's not like I never feel that way. But just generally, as an overriding, you know, feeling in my life, I don't think very much about performing, as you say it, or trying on a personality or a role or worrying about what other people think of me in the way that my teenagers inevitably, um, even though they're very strong in their sense of self, but they inevitably do because that is what you do at that age. And it is age appropriate. <laughs> you know, it is it is what they should be doing at this age, thinking about, you know, their social world. But that does change. It absolutely changes. So how is that connected to creativity? Maybe it does mean that now we're free in certain ways to to go deep into our own um, preferred forms of creativity and play without being hampered by what's expected of us or what um, we think other people are doing. We get to do it how we want to do it, which I think makes it all a lot more fun. And a lot more like play. Hmm. Yeah, and I think it gives us permission to be a safe harbor for our kids. So I think there's part of me that's tempted to feel like I need to morph into whatever the next generation is doing. And I think it's because I haven't quite accepted yet that I am about to be 50, like that there is a degree to which I am no longer like a young adult, like that I am not that. And maybe the next two years, that'll be a lot of what these conversations are, because I think I am mentally having to actually process this transition out of like young adulthood and even out of middle midlife, you know, into thinking about what does it mean to be like the seniors? Like my kids love anytime our church advertises the senior fellowship, you know, like Micah will lean over and be like, just two more years, mom, and then you can go, you know. It's like, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> Although I think ours starts at 55, but he loves to like every time it comes on the screen, every Sunday, he feels the need to like remind me that I will be able to join that soon. But I, I think there's a degree to which it's okay to let go, like to say, I guess maybe I'm even it's the two in me asking for permission that it's all right not to master all of the new things that are coming out and instead to offer a safe harbor of mastery of the things that were your avenues of creativity to to rest secure if you are a writer to rest secure if you are a photographer to stand on those things if you are a mother or a teacher or a, you know whatever the thing is you've you've invested your life in to stand on those things and offer safe harbor to your next generations so that they can feel security that I, I don't have to become you know whatever the up-and-coming trend is um, in order to still have you know credibility or giftedness or creativity. And I think that's part of what it is, sort of this idea of giving permission to let go of the need to constantly keep up with whatever the new trend is. I feel like a grandmother having this conversation. No <laughs> insult to the grandmothers listening. I mean, because I'm just aware, like at some point, you have to be willing to just let go of all the wave of newness coming at you <laughs> and serve tea instead. Yeah. 
So, I mean, another wrinkle in this, another complication is, you know, if we're talking about technology and if we're talking about the the formats and the mediums that are used to communicate our creativity or to share it with others, that's where it gets tricky, right? Because if you and I are just as creative as ever, um, and maybe we've sort of refined and discerned and found our vein of gold, at the same time, if the the ways that creativity is being shared in the world keep on changing, that can be really frustrating for us as we grow older. And I have, yeah, I have felt frustrated in certain spaces where I used to feel more successful because I I don't feel like keeping up with all the technological changes. And yet, I want to share. I want to be creative. Um, And I don't, yeah, I don't know what to do about that. Because it's one thing to say, okay, great, I have permission to not keep up with all the new forms of creativity. But on the other hand, if you've been used to sharing your words in one way, and now people aren't accessing words in that way. They're like over here on this new thing that, are, you know, whatever right. that new thing is. What do we do? Do we do we work hard to figure that out and go over there? Do we stay put? Do we, um, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but these are things I feel like I'm actively figuring out when I think about where do I invest my time? Right. I think those are important questions for all of us as we start to think about like, yeah, time and resources are limited. Creativity is even limited to a degree. So like if I spend a lot of my creative energy trying to master reels, that is time (laughs) I did not spend writing something. And I think Mm -hmm. part of what's been interesting for me is in this transition into acquisitions editor, it's less pertinent that I have a big social media presence. It is such a relief not to have to (laughs) think about it. Um, At the same time, though, when I think about authors who are you know my age like you and I who are trying to maintain relevance in the cultural spaces the public square you know who comes to mind as just a wonderful example of this is N.T. Wright our favorite theologian oh, yeah, yeah so clearly I, I've been wondering lately on Instagram does he have like a great team right, of young people around right. him now because exactly. his videos are fantastic so that is my point you need <laughs> I think community is the answer. Yeah. And I think it's about empowering others and saying, this is not my gifted. I promise you, N.T. Wright is not figuring out how to shoot those yeah. videos. He has a team <laughs> of like 20 and 30 somethings who are just pulling from content he's already creating. Or they're just, I mean, even his podcast, Ask N.T. Wright Anything. It's so funny mm-hmm. to me. He clearly prepares not at all for that. <laughs> He just arrives and it's the questions have been crowdsourced. The guy is running the thing. He has all he does is walk in, sit down and answer questions. Nothing else. He has understood his vein of gold and he continues to mine that. That is what he is called to. And I think the answer has to lie in that space. I think even with what you've done with the Black Barn online, Christy, to a degree, that's what's happening there, right? Like you have people who are passionate about fostering community there or hosting book clubs or art galleries there or maybe that is the whole answer is we are created in community. We are a body. What does it look like to create a team around you who does that? I mean, we are working on a book with John Bevere right now, the pastor who's so wonderful. And when we're on marketing team calls, he has his whole like marketing team on the call, you know, and our marketing team at the publishing house is talking to his marketing team because he's running a giant ministry. He's not just an individual and he's so aware of it. So on the call, he's so sweet. Like when our marketing asks for something, he'll refer to someone on his team and be like, did you understand that? Like, can we do that? (laughs) He's not, that isn't what he's 
supposed to be doing. He's the guy preaching and teaching. And so I think part of the frustration, of course, lies in the tension of those of us who can't afford or don't have teams around us. Yeah. <laughs> but I think even of our podcast and how we have Emily who helps us with show notes or advertisers. And I think there are ways I thought of our good friend Ann Voskamp and she had a wonderful group of interns who worked with her for a while. Like, where are the opportunities where somebody else's creativity is peaking and they so badly want to get a shot at it and they're not quite at a place yet where they can get paid for it or where it's their job? Is there a way for us to come together, you know? And then, you know, if they continue to work for you, it becomes a job and maybe they become, you know, paid and on your team. But I just wonder if that's really it. Like it's being able to harness both what we have learned as well as what those coming up behind us are really great at. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to our Black Barn interns from last summer, Daisy and Kaylee. They were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I had an experience of this actually just this week. Um, we shared at the beginning, I'm, you know, heading toward this book deadline. And um, so I was on a Zoom meeting with our good friend, Amy Knorr, who is, um, uh, I don't even, she's, I was gonna say she's so instrumental in the Blackburn online community that I, I want to say like, like I need a word that captures that she just she does everything. She's so amazing. Whatever that word is, that is Amy Noor in the Blackburn Online. Um, but we're having a Zoom meeting, and um, at the end of the meeting, we just sort of wandered off into some general conversation. And um, I was in a place in that conversation where I I I wasn't sure if my book manuscript was finished. I, I sensed that it wasn't. I didn't feel like I had stuck the landing. I didn't even think I'd landed, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I had a sense that there was more. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's kind of the crazy thing about creative work, right? It's not just check the boxes. It's more about listening, waiting, seeking. It's much more amor amorphous. So, um, I was having this kind of meeting with her and then this conversation, but at the back of my mind, right, is this sort of unfinished work that I'm just not sure what is still needed. Well, we got into this just conversation about some things going on in the world, and all of a sudden I just stopped her and I said, Amy, this is what's missing. Oh my gosh, of course I need to write about this. How could I have not seen it before? This is like, now all of a sudden it was like this obvious gaping hole in my book. Oh, wow. <laughs> but somehow it was just on my own. I wasn't able to access it. And so I told her later, I said, I think creativity always needs the spark of community. I oh, think that's, that's just so part of how good. we're created. Not just that we're created individually creative, but that just as, you know, God created out of the Trinity, there's kind of that old um, saying, I forget who said it long ago, that God created, that the world was created out of the laughter of the Trinity, mm. meaning like that playful communal togetherness is where the world came from. And um, I think if that's true for God in our own making, then it must be true for us too. And so, I think the lesson for me um you know, it's not to, I don't think there's like a neat bow, like, okay, now we can hire a, hire a team or we can make it a program or like, it, it's not going to be that easy. It's just going to be more of that daily connecting with other people. You know, my call with Amy was not about my book. It was about totally other stuff. But in the context of connecting with a friend, 
I, I received the spark that I, I really think has now given me the ending to that book. So it, it can't be controlled, I don't think. It can't be um, managed, but it is this gift that is offered to us in community if we're willing to keep showing up, right? Because we know community is not easy and relationships are not easy. Like these things take work or discipline or faithfulness. Um, but the gift of that might be this this spark. And maybe it's sometimes letting younger people do the things we can't do or don't want to do. <laughs> maybe it's mentoring, maybe it's internships, but maybe also it's just friendship, which is, you know, something that we come back to again and again here on the podcast. And we should just state this whole podcast is in itself <laughs> the kind of creativity that comes only out of community. Like if you did a podcast on your own and I did a podcast on my own, they would not be this podcast. This podcast only exists because we do it together, um, which is good to remember that there are things we can only create together. And it only keeps going this long because we're both in it. Like there are parts, yeah. there are times when you probably <laughs> would have stopped too. and times where I would have stopped, but because we're in it together, here yeah. we are. Lisa Joe, I just would never have started. <laughs> you might have stopped at some point. I just never would have started. <laughs> That's great. I feel like listeners, I we'd love to hear from you this week. I'm really curious about this. Like I'd be curious to hear you share like when have you felt your most creative? Like what has really been those seasons where you felt sort of an explosion of creativity? Where did it come from? Um if you wanted to share with us, that would be so fun. I you can the best way to reach us is on Instagram. Christy, I don't e I don't even interact with Facebook at all anymore. I have just completely yeah. like almost forgotten it exists. So <laughs> I'm, so Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, we're discerning. We're growing older. We're focusing down. Hey, we show up on Instagram and that's about oh, that's it. So, so funny. I am at Lisa Joe Baker on Instagram. And I'm at Christy Purifoy. And it's a great way to just reach out and tell us, you know, we just love to hear from you and learn from you too. And part of what helps us continue to do the podcast is when people leave reviews and share the podcast with their friends. It keeps us chugging along over here, feeling like there are there is community on the other side because that is part of the creative process, the sense in which we share these conversations with you. And so um, I have to just say thank you to Nan from our church. She came up to me on Sunday after church. She's a pastor at our church and just said how much our last conversation had meant to her. And it was so lovely and disarming just in my real life to receive that kind of feedback. So just know we really value your comments and your thoughts too. Uh, it makes the conversation feel complete that way when we get um, get to hear from you guys as well. So thank you for being part of the conversation with us today. And do tell us about your creativity, please. That's right. And if you are not on social media at all, we understand, right? Maybe that is the technological thing that you just had to step away from or could never master. We hear it. We get it. Um, but you can join in with other listeners having conversations about the podcast. I think we've been doing it every Thursday for a while now in the Blackburn Online. So the Blackburn Online is online, but it is social media free zone, I guess we can call it. So you can look for us there as well. And especially that is a place to meet other listeners and to have conversations with other listeners who are, you know, listening into these conversations and then thinking about things and then connecting there. So if you want to connect with other listeners, that's a great place to do it. And I don't know, Lisa Joe, maybe this conversation, as we hear back from people, maybe that will spark 
a part two, because I do feel like there's probably a lot more we could say about this question of creativity as we age in life and as we move into new stages of life. I look forward to it. It's always, this was, I feel like I learned today. I feel grateful Mm -hmm. that I'm not done being creative. Yeah. (laughs) Just more specific. (laughs) We are not done. (laughs) 